0: Hello, friends, and uh, welcome back to Behind the Red Light, a podcast discussing what it's like to visit one of those wonderful establishments in the Nevada brothel system, I guess is the best way. I'm, of course, sitting here with our with our guest, Jim. Jim, say hi to the wonderful crowd. Well, hello, everybody. And uh, we are here to discuss life in the brothel system as you heard in our in our last show if you haven't heard our last show we discussed what it's like to visit a brothel system just in kind of like a
1: a 101 sort of a generalization Uh, sort of thing just to kind of get everybody acclimated to the system and what goes on so to speak
0: which is a good way to to put it um we should also make reference that we are not endorsing... No. ...nor encouraging... No. no, no, no. ...anybody to go visit any of these establishments. Nope. We have decided that you are of your own free will and you will do what you want. Yes. But out
1: of a... We a, are here to inform. Yes.
0: And out of a curiosity of what is taboo, of what's legal in our country, we decided that we are going to have this broadcast. Yes. So, Jim, today's subject or a topic, or mm-hmm. whatever you wish to call it, is uh, what entices somebody to go to well, a brothel?
1: let's start this way. Let's start with why I did it, uh, because I think that's a pretty good way to kind of segue into why anybody else does. Um, at the time I started going, I was 27. I had been single for about two years, and I, I was planning a, my first real major trip, as an adult and i was going alone and i knew i wanted to go to las vegas and i had heard you know through different research or whatever that prostitution was legal in some way some form in nevada and would come to find out that it is not in las vegas per se but outside of uh clark county and some of the surrounding counties and i did some research and decided that what I wanted to do is I wanted to feel like everybody else for one night. I, I wanted to, since I didn't have anybody to go with and I was going to be visiting the town alone, wouldn't it be great if I had a companion for an evening? And initially, I had thought about an escort, but then the fact that it was illegal brought me to question whether or not that was a reasonable option as the, con- the idea of having to call uh, back to Pennsylvania to, uh, say, my father, for instance, and say, hey, I, I have a I have a problem that has caused me to be uh, in jail <laughs> it was something I did not want to do. So I decided that, you know, maybe I should look for the legal route, and um, that brought me to the brothel system, and that just seemed like a better option for me. So loneliness is what brought me and brings a lot of guys uh, out to these places uh, in order to be with somebody if, if, even if for an hour or two hours or whatever and just to feel um, wanted loved whatever and uh, it, you know it's a great time for a lot of people um, but then through that trip you know as I was there and as I kept going you know I started asking around you know you start talking to the other guys you know what brings you in? And you find out all sorts of things. And this is how you start to find out what truly brings people in. I would say about 75 to 80% of the guys that walk in there, for instance, are married. And I was always rather shocked by that because I always thought to myself, I would never do this if I was in any type of relationship. And I wouldn't, I still wouldn't. And I couldn't imagine why the guys would want to do that. it may shock the audience to know I'm an extremely monogamous person. Like I can't, I can't imagine why a married man would go out there and do this. I really, really can't. Yeah, I know, and you're you're in the same boat. I oh, would imagine very, very much so. Uh, uh,
0: ever since I was married, I'm just one and done. I mean, there's 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 no reason for me to go looking for anything else.
1: Yeah, yeah, and um, but as I started to question these, and I never questioned these guys in a way that was um, confrontational. You know, I never wanted to do that because, hey, to each their own. I'm not there to judge anybody. Right. I just wanted to find out, you know, what was, was – there, was there something about marriage that was bringing these guys out here? And the thing that I heard most often, uh, it boiled down to communication and a lack of communication between the husband and wife relative to their sex lives. Uh, I would hear things like, my wife won't do X or um, – My wife doesn't know I'm into Y. Or uh, I couldn't tell my wife I like to do Z. You know, whatever the thing is, they they don't talk about it. It's a completely secret thing. And they have finally reached a point where they just have to have, whether it's a fetish or an interest or whatever. And oftentimes when I've asked, well, what the heck is it that you're interested in, you'd be blown away that it's nothing... It's nothing extreme. You know, you're expecting to hear, well, you know, I like to wear a rubber glove on my head and run around naked telling the world I'm a squid or something like this, and that's never the case. You I mean, mean you don't? Well, I don't, but it's never the case. I thought everybody did that. Well, no, just you. Just oh, you. Oh, okay. I uh, I knew
0: I was special in some way. Right. So But yeah, when you were telling me this as as we were talking before we did the show, it kind of puzzled me of uh, some of the things that like what X, Y, and Z were.
1: Yeah, they're not. They're, it's, it's uh, you know, it's things I've heard. The one that I hear the most often, my wife won't give me a blowjob. That's but the one I hear most often. Have you talked to your wife about this activity? And then that's, oh no, I couldn't do that. Why not? And it's it's shocking. But Larry, I will tell you, and this is, this is the God's truth. I found out, you know, Over the years of doing this, you know, in between trips, you know, sometimes I find myself in a relationship or whatever Uh over the years. And one of the things you learn after being with women that are in the sex biz, and I don't care what arm of the sex biz it is, whether they're in prostitution or they're in porn or a combination of the two or whatever, they tend to have a, a very natural ability of telling you what they like, what they don't like, what their do's and don'ts are. And so that's one of those things that I've taken into my personal life is looking at a new partner and saying, okay, what things do you like? What are your do's and don'ts? And the number of times I've said that to women and they freeze. And they just look at me like, I'm sorry, what, what did you say? And you're like, well, we're about to have sex, so w- what do you like? Because every woman is different. You know, help, help a brother out here. Tell me what it is that you want me to do. And so that I, you know, give me the roadmap here so that I can take you to paradise, honey. Yeah, you know? there
0: has been a lot of unnecessary poking around.
1: Right. And, and, and trying and,
0: to figure out what the other person likes or, or realizing that you're not very good at what you're doing.
1: It, well, it's it's not that. Here's the thing. I hear a lot. I've heard a lot of women over the years. I've, you know, I've either worked with a lot of women or I've had a lot of women that are friends. And I've heard women say, yeah, you know, that guy, uh, he was, he was terrible. And I always ask them, well, when did you guys talk about what you were into? And she looks at me and she goes, what do you mean? What we didn't. And I said, well, okay, but if you didn't talk about it, how would you expect him to know? And they sit there and they look at you and it, all of a sudden the light bulb goes off that, oh, well, wait a minute. You know, if you don't have that discussion, and I mean, I'm, I like being touched certain ways. Some guys don't want to be touched that way or vice versa. Maybe I don't like getting touched the way that guy gets touched, you know? It's the same thing for women. Mm-hmm. And it's it's amazing to me that nobody partner sexual partners are not talking with each other at least in this country about what it is that they're into with one another. And that is it, it to me that's a death knell for a relationship. If you're not if you're not able to talk about the one thing you're supposed to be able to talk about with that one person and you shouldn't be talking about with anybody else right because we said we got married and this this is this is our person if, if you can't talk about with them then what, what, what are you doing you know like, what what are you, what are you achieving here you know you're, you're 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 setting yourself up to fail
0: well the act of the act of pleasure has been so interwoven with procreation and that it's not something to be enjoyed, it's something to be just used as procreation. That once you find that segment of the audience that, okay, we're gonna do this for pleasure, and then you find the other segment of audience, and then you find the other segment of audience, it kind of blossoms and grows. And then you realize that there are a lot of people out there who are not just doing this for procreation, they're doing it because they enjoy it. What, and what,
1: least What kills me is when, you know, people, I would, I'm, I'm thinking now about all the couples I know. And I could count on one hand and not use all the fingers, the number that purport to have a good sex life. And the rest are commonly griping about it. And it, it's very odd to me. And I, always, and I always say the same thing. Well, are you, are you talking about it? And I always get the, no, why would we do that? Just, just ludicrous. So this is one of the major things that gets people to a brothel. Uh, and, and also I would suggest that if it brings them to this, for this type of cheating, it's probably the reason for a lot of the other cheating that goes on out there. You know, if, if, if uh, I've heard men say I got married and all of a sudden there's no sex anymore. Now I can't say why, maybe the guy's a jerk, who knows? You know, I can't say that there, but that is ultimately what led him to come and do this i know a gentleman personally whose wife literally flipped out i mean she she was i mean had to be committed and um they had been married for a number of years they had children he couldn't he just couldn't divorce her with the kids as children he he said to me that trying to explain to them that their mother is in a place in a hospital and she's probably never getting out and then that I'm leaving her when they are at an age where they're not really able to understand would have just been devastating to them and, 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 and to the, his relationship with them. And so he waited until they were adults to end that marriage. But in the meantime, he wasn't gonna go and get into a relationship with somebody else either. So he utilized the brothel system to take care of his needs while he was raising his children alone because his wife was committed into some sort of mental hospital.
0: Well, you bring that up because we have had many uh, conversations about this. Uh, Widowers, you don't want to find another partner. You see a lot of that. Uh, uh, People who have been disfigured. There's a story that you told me that I feel that would Uh, be very suitable for this. I
1: should definitely share this one. Yeah, uh, it was very early. It was either my first or second trip. I met a gentleman that was a fireman. I, I wish I remember where he was from, and I, I don't. It's been so many years. Well, I Well, let's, let's not but, bring
0: his name up for legal reasons. Well, either, I, do,
1: anyway. I don't remember his name anyway. Oh, okay. But um, the gentleman had been involved in a fire call that was apparently a, a very, very serious one. And in the process of rescuing a child that was stuck in the building, he was burned severely over a very reasonable portion of his body, but that included his face and head. And um, he was quite disfigured. He did not have ears, like the way you and I have external ears. They were gone. Um, he, There was no hair whatsoever on his head, no eyebrows, no facial hair, no, nothing. And um, he would come into the house uh, once a year, and there was a girl there that he regulard with, that would see him every time he was there, and she would um, she would be for him what no one else would be. And essentially, you know, he told me that anywhere he went, you know, no one wanted to look at him, let alone go home with him or be interested in him or whatever. And he said it was so debilitating because you know prior to the injury. You know, he was a guy that was, I mean, as you and I go to the gym together and, and, and you like to joke that the guys that are really ripped, they won. Yeah, you know, there's they, no reason
0: for them to work out anymore. Right, right.
1: Well, this, this, I got that from Kevin Hart when yeah. he said
0: that dude won. it was like, yeah, I see yeah. a lot of them in the gym. Well,
1: well this guy had won. Uh-huh. I mean, he, he, was in, he was in phenomenal shape. Um, and, in, you know, before the accident, uh, he, had, he, was, you know, he could have had his choice of women. And all of a sudden, nobody wants him you know was emotionally very debilitating and so that woman became an enormous amount of therapy for him where he could go out and feel normal uh again Again, even if again even if it's just for a few hours once a year that he could go feel like everybody else and there were a lot of disabled people that would come into the house that felt like that where you know i think this and i think this is I, I hate to say this because I don't know this for certain, but I think you would find that for men, it's probably a lot more difficult than it is for women to find a partner when you're disabled because, you know, men are supposed to be, we're, we're expected to be these guys that can do whatever and protect and do this stuff, and then, you know, you see a guy that might be in a wheelchair or only has one leg, and all of a sudden, well, you know, what, what good is he going to be you know, to our potential children or whatever? And so, you know, right away he's written off or whatever, and this is one of those places he can go and not be written off and be able to feel he can feel normal um you know those are that's a that's sadly one of the reasons that the sex industry survives and does so well is because there are people that can't really go anywhere else or that feel they can't go anywhere else
0: no you made mention to not to take away from, from this, because these are the people that you're going to meet in a brothel. I yeah. mean, when you show up, open the door, there's going to be the, that poor guy who was in a horrific accident. Mm-hmm. There's going to be that dude who's cheating on his wife. Yeah. There's going to be the dude sitting next to him who was given permission to cheat on his wife from oh, his yes. wife.
1: Oh, yes. There are those where a woman says, yeah, go ahead. Uh, just, just, I, I don't want to do it. So if she's willing, yeah, that's fine. What
0: do you think is a little bit more honest than the guy sitting next to him who's... Keeping this from his wife.
1: Well, yes, uh, yes. Uh, no less odd, though. No, uh, I remember, no, no, no. I remember when I was presented with that, I thought it was the strangest thing I'd ever heard. Uh, I also remember being in a house once where a mother brought her son in because he hadn't he hadn't been with a woman yet, and she was going to make sure that happened. Weird. Yeah, I, I, I really have no response to that. I, that's kind of nuts. Yeah, and it, it, it's and that's not an isolated case. It's not an isolated case. The girls told me that 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 occasionally, it, it you know, it's not all the time, but it happens. Um, or a father bringing bringing their kid in, you know, for his first time.
0: The father first time thing, I think, would be a little bit more rational and reasonable. And as a side, I feel that it's kind of. In some families, maybe a rite of passage.
1: I could see that. Maybe I, I, could, I will tell you that I, I don't know that I, could, I could not have done it with either of my parents. Oh no, I would never <laughs> be able no to. Way. do way.
0: Here you go, son. Yeah. Uh, what do I do? Don't worry about
1: it. <laughs> You'll be all right. She'll lead you right through it. Yeah. No, that would not have. Uh, no, that would not have worked for me.
0: Uh, <laughs> yeah I don't want to open up the door and have my father as I'm opening the door give me
1: like a thumbs up sign and go
0: hey you're a man now yeah
1: that'd be weird I uh, I will t- another I will tell you another incident for me I uh, my when my father died he had been ill for a number of years and I had been one of his caretakers and anybody who's ever been a caretaker knows that you know when that process ends uh, you are you're emotionally wrecked. I mean, you're just, you're, you're done. And I had, um, I planned a trip and I went out and um, one of the girls was, I, I. she, you know, was asking what I'd been up to and I told her everything that I'd, I'd been through and I remember she, uh, she asked me to go back, if I'd go back and talk to her, her to her room, which, sort of shocked me because I wasn't planning on partying that night or anything and I walked back with her and she said um, she said listen I want to um, she said I understand what's what you've been going through and I know what you need and I, I want to do this for you I want to you know I want to give you a, a place of peace that you can be it doesn't have to be tonight but while you're here on your trip and uh, and I took her up on that offer and you know I'll, I'll go into detail of the story at a later time because it's actually a, a really nice story but I, I got to tell you, you know, at that moment, what that, with that, two hours with her meant to me, just to just let go of everything, was uh, just just hugely therapeutic, hugely therapeutic. I I really don't think that um, the girls in the business get the credit that they deserve for some of the things that they uh, provide, and it's it's far beyond just. If, if you'll excuse me being crass, it's far beyond a hold a poke. You know that's that's not that for the vast majority of the men that go out there, that's not really what they're looking for anyway. You know they're not really looking for just something to to, to stick it in. You know they're they're really looking for an experience of some kind. You know, and that leads us to, to of course to the the fun ones, the ones that have fetishes or whatever. <laughs>
0: yeah, uh, I mean. <laughs> <laughs> Well, those are... <laughs> you know... Why don't you go ahead... First, uh, bef- before we get into, uh, into that, let's um, talk about the men who show up with their wives.
1: Oh, yes. Well, couples come all the time. Yeah. To, to, now, is it couples playtime, or is it oh, he goes yeah.
0: back and she sits at the
1: bar? Or? It is so- sometimes she goes back and he sits at the bar. Sometimes it's the reverse. Sometimes they both go back. Sometimes one goes back to watch... Sometimes, I mean, it's any number of combinations. Oh, yes. And here's the funny thing. in Historically, women were not permitted in brothels because the fear always was, what if the guy is in there and the wife comes in looking for him, right? But in modern years, of course, that's been done away with. Women go into brothels all the time, and sometimes it's not a woman with a man sometimes it's a single woman walking in sometimes it's a a, a, a lesbian couple going in you know all, any manner of combinations you know you'll see walk into to one of the brothels
0: which leads us to our fetishes because oh, that is kind of a fetish sitting there watching your partner get uh well one of, one you know. <laughs> of
1: yeah one of my uh one of my favorite moments favorite stories, I am sitting at the bar, and this, the door opens, and this very attractive Asian woman walks in, and sits alone, and sits down, and um, as I'm watching this dis- and every guy in the bar is watching this display, and I'm thinking, I wonder if she's coming in to apply or work here or whatever, because she had a a bag with her, a a rather large bag, and um, (laughs) the bartender says, oh, that's so-and-so, and I looked over at her, because I knew the bartender very, very well, and I said, I'm sorry, what did you say? And she says, that's a guy, and I said, bullshit. I said, there is no way that's a guy. She said, I'm telling you, that's a guy. She said, this is all prearranged. He was in here yesterday doing the negotiation. And all of a sudden, just as she finishes that, three girls from the back come out dressed in flannel and jeans and looking as masculine as humanly possible. And they go over and they, you know, start hitting on the this customer. This is all part of the fantasy. Yeah. And he gets, you know, picked up by these three lumberjacks, I guess you would call them. That's what they were dressed as anyway. And taken to the back, and I don't know what happened back there, and I don't want to know. Oh, he
0: got his money's worth is what happened. We'll go with that. We'll go go with that. He got his money's worth. We'll go
1: with that. But I I will tell you, that was one of those where I thought, well, that's a new one on me. I've seen guys get led around the bar in, in a collar. For the humiliation. Yes, yes, I've seen that. Um, yeah, th- most of the houses have S and M rooms where you know they're they're fairly well decked out with chains on the wall and you know all those sorts of thing And not my thing, but you know what, whatever. I, I, I judge nobody. But um, yeah, oh yeah, one of my favorite rooms at Sherry's is the bubble bathroom. It is this? It's a completely tiled room, and in the center is this massive tub that'll fit two or three people and um, they've got a machine on the ceiling that's shooting bubbles out of it and then of course you fill this jacuzzi tub and then you put bubble bath in it and i've been in there i've had bubbles from one end of that room to the other it's a it's a very surreal experience it was a good time
0: well i'm glad you enjoyed yourself yes over there it was a very uh, good time
1: uh, at the good time
0: yeah um well I, I guess that brings us to the unless you can think of any other remarkable story or person that i
1: mean <laughs> i mean i'm probably forgetting 15 or 20 of them to be honest but uh yeah those are that's the type of thing that you potentially could see um the more extreme stuff believe it or not is more of a rarity i mean as many times as i've been to these places you know it's a handful where i've seen something odd or out of the ordinary but it it does it does happen it really does happen there's been i've seen some fairly amazing things
0: well uh and we will talk about more of those f- amazing things as we go along this has been a uh attic light productions broadcast my name is Larry this is Jim and when we come back next week we are going to talk about Jim's first time oh boy from start to finish from when he decided that he wanted to go out to Las Vegas to when he got into the room and points in between i'm yes. sure it's going to be a very very interesting time also uh, Coming up on the show, we are going to talk about what's what's in a menu, and actually seeing what a menu is, and what happens if you decide to act like a jerk in a brothel. Oh God!
1: Yes, yes, we will, and
0: and that does uh, that leads us to the end. We got to work on our endings.
1: We you know? do, we do. But you know, you know, for Larry, this is Jim. For Jim, this is Larry. You guys have a good one. Ta ta.